Hello, welcome back to Nana Reads. We're starting a new book today, The Adventures of Grandfather Frog by Thornton W. Burgess. You might remember that at the end of our last book, The Adventures of Buster Bear, Grandfather Frog thought that he might need a book too. So I happen to have that book and that's the one we're going to read. The edition that I'm reading from was published in 1943 by McClelland and Stewart, and it's part of Thornton Burgess' The Bedtime Storybooks series. All right, let's get started and find out all about the adventures of Grandfather Frog. Chapter 1. Billy Mink Finds Little Joe Otter Billy Mink ran around the edge of the smiling pool and turned down by the laughing brook. His eyes twinkled with mischief, and he hurried as only Billy can. As he passed Jerry Muskrat's house, Jerry saw him. Hi, Billy Mink. Where are you going in such a hurry this fine morning? He called. To find little Joe Otter. Have you seen him? replied Billy. No, said Jerry. He's probably down to the big river fishing. I heard him say last night he was going. Thanks, said Billy Mink, and without waiting to say more, he was off like a little brown flash. Jerry watched him out of sight. Huh, exclaimed Jerry. Billy Mink is in terrible hurry this morning. Now I wonder what he is so anxious to find little Joe Otter for. When they get their heads together, it's usually for some mischief. Jerry climbed to the top of his house and looked over the smiling pool in the direction from which Billy Mink had just come. Almost at once he saw Grandfather Frog fast asleep on his big green lily pad. The legs of a foolish green fly were sticking out of one corner of his big mouth. Jerry couldn't help laughing, for Grandfather Frog certainly did look funny. He's had a good breakfast this morning, and his full stomach has made him sleepy, thought Jerry. But he's getting careless in his old age. The idea of going to sleep right out in plain sight like that? Suddenly, a new thought popped into his head. Billy Mink saw him, and that is why he's so anxious to find little Joe Otter. He is planning to play some trick on Grandfather Frog, as sure as pollywogs have tails, exclaimed Jerry. Then his eyes began to twinkle as he added, Hmm. I think I'll have some fun myself. Without another word, Jerry slipped down into the water and swam over to the big green lily pad of Grandfather Frog. Then he hit the water a smart blow with his tail. Grandfather Frog's big googly eyes flew open and he was just about to make a frightened plunge into the smiling pool when he saw Jerry. Have a nice nap inquired Jerry with a broad grin. I wasn't asleep, protested Grandfather Frog indignantly. I was just thinking. Don't you think it a rather dangerous plan to think so long with your eyes closed? asked Jerry. Well, maybe, maybe it did just doze off, admitted Grandfather Frog sheepishly. Maybe you did, replied Jerry. Now, listen. Then Jerry whispered in Grandfather Frog's ear, and both chuckled as if they were enjoying some joke, for they were great friends, you know. 
Afterward, Jerry swam back to his house, and Grandfather Frog closed his eyes so as to look just as he did when he was asleep. Meanwhile, Billy Mink had hurried down the Laughing Brook. Halfway to the big river, he met Little Joe Otter bringing home big fish, for you know Little Joe is a great fisherman. Billy Mink hastened to tell him how Grandfather Frog had fallen fast asleep on his big green lily pad. It's a splendid chance to have some fun with Grandfather Frog and give him a great scare, concluded Billy. Little Joe Otter put his fish down and grinned. He likes to play pranks almost as well as he likes to go fishing. What can we do? said he. I've thought of a plan, replied Billy. Do you happen to know where we can find Longlegs, the blue heron? Yes, said Little Joe. I saw him fishing not five minutes ago. Then Billy told Little Joe his plan, and laughing and giggling, the two little scamps hurried off to find Longlegs, the blue heron. Chapter 2 Longlegs the Blue Heron Receives Callers Longlegs the Blue Heron felt decidedly out of sorts. It was a beautiful morning, too beautiful for anyone to be feeling that way. Indeed, it was the same beautiful morning in which Grandfather Frog had caught so many foolish green flies. Jolly round red Mr. Sun was smiling his broadest. The merry little breezes of Old Mother West Wind were dancing happily here and there over the green meadows, looking for some good turn to do for others. The little feathered people, to whom Old Mother Nature has given the great blessing of music in their throats, were pouring out their sweetest songs. So it seemed as if there was no good reason why Longlegs should feel out of sorts. The fact is, the trouble with Longlegs was an empty stomach. Yes, sir, that's what ailed Longlegs the Blue Heron that sunshiny morning. You know, it is hard work to be hungry and happy at the same time. So Longlegs stood on the edge of a shallow little pool in the Laughing Brook, grumbling to himself. Just a little while before, he had seen little Joe Otter carrying home a big fish, and this had made him hungrier and more out of sorts than ever. In the first place, it made him envious, and envy, you know, always stirs up bad feelings. He knew perfectly well that Little Joe had got that fish by boldly chasing it until he caught it, for Little Joe can swim even faster than a fish. But Longlegs chose to try to make himself think that it was it all luck. Moreover, he wanted to blame someone for his own lack of success as most people who fail do. So when Little Joe had called out, Hi, Longlegs! What luck this fine morning! Longlegs just pretended not to hear. But when Little Joe was out of sight and hearing, he began to grumble to himself. No no wonder I've no luck with that fellow racing up and down the laughing brook, said he. He isn't content to catch what he wants himself, but frightens the rest of the fish so that an honest fisherman like me has no chance at all. I don't see what old Mother Nature was thinking of when she gave him a liking for fish. He and Billy Mink are just two worthless little scamps born to make trouble for other people. He was still grumbling when these two same little scamps poked their heads out of the grass on the other side of the little pool. 
You look happy, Longlegs. Must be that you've had a good breakfast, said Little Joe, nudging Billy Mink. Longlegs snapped his great bill angrily. What are you doing here, spoiling my fishing, he demanded. Haven't you got the big river and all the rest of the laughing brook to fool around in? This is my pool, and I'll thank you to keep away. Billy Mink chuckled so that Longlegs heard him, and that didn't improve his temper a bit. But before he could say anything more, Little Joe Otter spoke. Oh, said he, we beg your pardon. We just happen to know that Grandfather Frog is sound asleep, and we thought that if you hadn't had any good luck this morning, you might like to know about it. As long as you think so ill of us, we'll just run over and tell Black Cap the Night Heron. Little Joe turned as if to start off in search of Black Cap at once. Hold on a minute, called Longlegs and tried to make his voice sound pleasant, a difficult thing to do because, you know, his voice is very harsh and disagreeable. The truth is I haven't had a mouthful of breakfast, and to be hungry is apt to make me cross. Where did you say Grandfather Frog is? I didn't say, replied Little Joe, but if you really want to know, he's sitting on his big green lily pad in the smiling pool, fast asleep right in plain sight. Thank you, said Longlegs. I believe I have an errand up that way now I think about it. I believe I'll just go over and have a look at him. I have never seen him asleep. Chapter 3. Longlegs Visits the Smiling Pool Longlegs the Blue Heron watched Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter disappear down the Laughing Brook. As long as they were in sight, he sat without moving, his head drawn down between his shoulders, just as if he had nothing more important to think about than a morning nap. But if you had been near enough to have seen his keen eyes you would never have suspected him of even thinking of a nap. Just as soon as he felt sure that the two little brown-coated scamps were out of sight, he stretched his long neck up till he was almost twice as tall as he had been a minute before. He looked this way and that way to make sure that no danger was near, spread his great wings, flapped heavily up into the air, and then... With his head once more tucked back between his shoulders and his long legs straight out behind him, he flew out over the green meadows and, making a big circle, headed straight for the smiling pool. All this time, Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter had not been so far away as long legs supposed. They had been hiding where they could watch him. And the instant he spread his wings, they started back up the smiling brook towards the smiling. The, sorry, they started back up the laughing brook towards the smiling pool to see what would happen there. You see, they knew perfectly well that Longlegs was flying up to the smiling pool in the hope that he could catch Grandfather Frog for his breakfast. They didn't really mean that any harm should come to Grandfather Frog but they meant that he should have a great fright. You see, they were like a great many other people, so heedless and thoughtless that they 
thought it fun to frighten others. Of course, we'll, uh, we'll waken Grandfather Frog in time for him to get away with nothing more than a great scare, said Little Joe Otter as they hurried along. It will be such fun to see his big googly eyes pop out when he opens them and sees long legs just ready to gobble, gobble him up. And won't long legs be hopping mad when we cheat him out of the breakfast he is so sure he is going to have? They reached the smiling pool before long legs who had taken a roundabout way, and they hid among the bulrushes where they could see and not be seen. There's the old fellow, just as I left him fast asleep, whispered Billy Mink. Sure enough, there on his big green lily pad sat Grandfather Frog with his eyes shut. And over on top of his big house sat Jerry Muskrat. Jerry seemed to be too busy opening a freshwater clam to notice anything else, but the truth is he was watching all that was going on. You see, he had suspected that Billy Mink was going to play some trick on Grandfather Frog, so he had warned him. When he had seen Longlegs coming toward the Smiling Pool, he had given Grandfather Frog another warning, and he knew that now he was only pretending to be asleep. Straight up to the smiling pool came Longlegs the Blue Heron, and on the very edge of it, among the bulrushes, he dropped his long legs and stood with his toes in the water, his long neck stretched up so that he could look all over the smiling pool. There, just as Little Joe Otter had said, sat Grandfather Frog on his big green lily pad, fast asleep. At least he seemed to be fast asleep. The eyes of Longlegs sparkled with hunger and the thought of what a splendid breakfast Grandfather Frog would make. Very slowly, putting each foot down as carefully as he knew how, Longlegs began to walk along the shore so as to get opposite the big green lily pad where Grandfather Frog was sitting. And over in the bulrushes on the other side, Little Joe Otter and Billy Mink nudged each other and clapped their hands over their mouths to keep from laughing aloud. Chapter 4 The Patience of Longlegs the Blue Heron Patience often wins the day when over haste has lost the way. If there is one virtue which Longlegs the Heron possesses above another, it is patience. Yes, sir, Longlegs certainly has got patience. He believes that if a thing is worth having, it is worth waiting for, and that if he waits long enough, he is sure to get it. Perhaps that is because he has been a fisherman all his life, and his grandfather and his grandmother were fishermen. They, you know, a fisherman without patience rarely catches anything. Of course, Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter laugh at this and say that it isn't so. But the truth is they sometimes go hungry when they wouldn't if they had a little of the patience of long legs. Now, Grandfather Frog is another who is very, very patient. He can sit still the longest time waiting for something to come to him. Indeed, he can sit perfectly still so long, and long legs can stand perfectly still 
so long that Jerry Muskrat and Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter have had many disputes as to which of the two can keep still the longest. He will make a splendid breakfast, thought Longlegs, as very, very carefully he walked along the edge of the smiling pool so as to get right opposite Grandfather Frog. There he stopped and looked very hard at Grandfather Frog. Yes, he certainly must be asleep, for his eyes were closed. Longleg chuckled to himself right down inside without making a sound and got ready to wade out so as to get within reach. Now, all the time, Grandfather Frog was doing some quiet chuckling himself. You see, he wasn't asleep at all. He was just pretending to be asleep. And all the time he was watching Longlegs out of a corner of his big googly eyes. Very, very slowly and carefully, so as not to make the teeniest, weeniest sound, Longlegs lifted one foot to wade out into the smiling pool. Grandfather Frog pretended to yawn and opened his big googly eyes. Longlegs stood on one foot without moving so much as a feather. Grandfather Frog yawned again, nodded as if he were too sleepy to keep awake, and half closed his eyes. Longlegs waited and waited. Then, little by little, so slowly, that if you had been there, you would have hardly seen him move. He drew his long neck down until his head rested on his shoulders. I guess I must wait until he falls sound asleep again, said Longlegs to himself. But Grandfather Frog didn't go to sleep. He would nod and nod. And then, just when Longlegs would make up his mind that this time he really was asleep, open would pop Grandfather Frog's eyes. So all the long morning, Longlegs stood on one foot without moving, watching and waiting and growing hungrier and hungrier. And all the long morning, Grandfather Frog sat on his big green lily pad, pretending that he was oh so sleepy. And all the time, having such a comfortable sunbath and rest, for very early he had had a good breakfast of foolish green flies. Over in the bulrushes on the other side of the smiling pool, two little scamps in brown bathing suits waited and watched for the great fright they had planned for Grandfather Frog when they had sent long legs to try to catch him. They were Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter. At first they laughed to themselves and nudged each other at the thought of the trick they had played. Then, as nothing happened, they began to grow tired and uneasy. You see, they did not possess patience. Finally, they gave up in disgust and stole away to find some more exciting sport. Grandfather Frog saw them go and chuckled harder than ever to himself.
Chapter 5. Grandfather Frog Jumps Just in Time. Back and forth over the green meadows sailed Whitetail the marsh hawk. Like Longlegs the blue heron, he was hungry. His sharp eyes peered down among the grasses, looking for something to eat. But some good fairy seemed to have warned the very little people who lived there that Whitetail was out hunting. Perhaps it was one of Mother West Wind's children, the Merry Little Breezes. You know, they are always flitting about trying to do someone a good turn. They love to dance and romp and play from dawn to dusk the livelong day. But more than this, they love to find a chance to do some favor kind. Anyway, little Mr. Greensnake seemed to know that Whitetail was out hunting and managed to keep out of sight. Danny Meadowmouse wasn't to be found. Only a few foolish grasshoppers rewarded his patient search, and these only served to make him feel hungrier than ever. But old Whitetail has a great deal of persistence, and in spite of his bad luck, he kept at his hunting back and forth, back and forth, until he had been all over the green meadows. At last, he made up his mind that he was wasting time there. I'll just have a look over at the smiling pool, and if there is nothing there, I'll take a turn or two along the big river, thought he, and straight away started for the smiling pool. Long before he reached it, his keen eyes saw Longlegs the Blue Heron standing motionless on the edge of it, and he knew by the looks of Longlegs that he was watching something which he hoped to catch. If it's a fish, thought Whitetail, it'll do me no good, for I'm no fisherman. But if it's a frog, well, frogs are not as good eating as fat meadow mice, but they are very filling. With that, he hurried a little faster. And then he saw what Longlegs was watching so intently. It was, as you know, Grandfather Frog sitting on his big green lily pad. Old Whitetail gave a great sigh of satisfaction. Grandfather Frog certainly would be a very filling, very filling lunch indeed. Now, Longlegs the Blue Heron was so intently watching Grandfather Frog that he saw nothing else. And Grandfather Frog was so busy watching Longlegs that he quite forgot that there might be other dangers. Besides, his back was toward old Whitetail. Of course, Whitetail saw this and it made him almost chuckle aloud. Ever so many times he had tried to catch Grandfather Frog, but always Grandfather Frog had seen him long before he could get near him. Now, with all his keen sight, old Whitetail had failed to see someone else who was sitting right in plain sight. He had failed because his mind was so full of Grandfather Frog and Longlegs that he forgot to look around, as he usually does. Just skimming the tops of the bulrushes, he sailed swiftly out over the smiling pool and reached down with his great cruel claws to clutch Grandfather Frog, who sat there pretending to be asleep, but all the time watching Longlegs and deep down inside chuckling to think how he was fooling Longlegs. Slap! That was the tale of Jerry Muskrat hitting the water. Grandfather Frog knew what that meant, danger! He didn't know what the danger was, and he didn't wait to find out. 
There would be time enough for that later. When Jerry Muskrat slapped the water with his tail that way, danger was very near indeed. With a frightened chugger-hum, Grandfather Frog dived headfirst into the smiling pool, and so close was old Whitetail that the water was splashed right in his face. He clutched frantically with his great claws, but all he got was a piece of the big green lily pad on which Grandfather Frog had been sitting, and of course this was of no use for an empty stomach. With a scream of disappointment and anger, he whirled in the air and made straight for Jerry Muskrat. But Jerry just laughed in the most provoking way and ducked underwater. Chapter 6 Long Legs and Whitetail Quarrel You did! I didn't! I didn't! You did! Such a terrible fuss when Grandfather hid. You see, Longlegs the Blue Heron had stood very patiently on one foot all the long morning, waiting for Grandfather Frog to go to sleep on his big green lily pad. He had felt sure he was to have Grandfather Frog for his breakfast and lunch, for he had had no breakfast, and now it was lunchtime. He was so hungry that it seemed to him that the sides of his stomach certainly would fall in because there was nothing to hold them up. And then, without any warning at all, old Whitetail the Marsh Hawk had glided out across the Smiling Pool with his great claws stretched out to clutch Grandfather Frog, and Grandfather Frog had dived into the Smiling Pool with a great splash just in the very nick of time. Now, is there anything in the world so hard on the temper as to lose a good meal when you are very very, very hungry. Of course, Longlegs didn't really have that good meal, but he had thought that he was surely going to have it. So when Grandfather Frog splashed into the smiling pool, of course, Longlegs lost his temper altogether. His yellow eyes seemed to grow even more yellow. You robber! You thief! He screamed harshly at old Whitetail. Now, Old Whitetail was just as hungry as Longlegs, and he had come even nearer to catching Grandfather Frog. He was even quicker-tempered than Longlegs. He had whirled like a flash on Jerry Muskrat, but Jerry had just laughed in the most provoking manner and ducked underwater. This had made Old Whitetail angrier than ever, and then to be called bad names, robber and thief, It was more than any self-respecting hawk could stand. Yes, sir, it certainly was. He fairly shook with rage as he turned in the air once more and made straight for Longlegs the heron. I'm no more robber and thief than you are, he shrieked. You frightened away my frog, screamed Longlegs. I didn't. You did. I didn't. It wasn't your frog. It was mine. Shug-a-rum, said Grandfather Frog to Jerry Muskrat as they peeped out from under some lily pads. I didn't know I belonged to anybody. I really didn't, did you? No, replied Jerry, his eyes sparkling with excitement as he watched Longlegs and Whitetail. It's news to me. You're too lazy to hunt like honest people, taunted old Whitetail as he wheeled around Longlegs, watching for a chance to strike with his great cruel claws. 
I'm too honest to take the food out of other people's mouths, retorted Longlegs, dancing around so as always to face Whitetail. One of his great broad wings held out in front of him like a shield and his long, strong bill ready to strike. Every feather on Whitetail's head was standing erect with rage and he looked very fierce and terrible. At last he saw a chance, or thought he did, and shot down. But all he got was a feather from that great wing which Longlegs kept in front of him. And before he could get away, that long bill had struck him twice so that he screamed with pain. So they fought and fought till the ground was covered with feathers and they were too tired to fight any longer. Then, slowly and painfully, old Whitetail flew away over the green meadows and with torn and ragged wings, long legs flew heavily down the laughing brook towards the big river and both were sore and stiff and still hungry. Dear me, dear me, what a terrible thing and how useless anger is, said Grandfather Frog as he climbed back on his big green lily pad in the warm sunshine.